Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Hey, we're glad that you're here this morning. I get a chance to share with you that this new series is This Changes Everything, and it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ that changes us. We believe that we are changed in order to change this community, and I want to tell you about something that's going to be happening on April 29th. On April 29th, we're going to meet here at the church. That's a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and then we're going to disperse out into this community to show them the love of Jesus Christ. We believe that, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes us but that he changes us so that we can change this community. And so on that day, we'll meet here at nine. We'll go up into teams and we'll go all over this community showing them the love of Jesus Christ. You can sign up, start signing up today. You can do that on the app, the Northridge app, or at the welcome areas. Uh, You can sign up there. But this is what we want you to understand. What we're planning on doing is changing this community for Jesus Christ. We're in this series, and it is called This Changes Everything, and and it is about the event and the person that has changed the world forever, and and, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, there are a lot of things that we often think in our minds, well, this actually changed the world. I I think about the one that we're we're enjoying right now, the light bulb. That that changed the world. That means we can stay up late. We can do whatever we want at night. And so how how about this change, the, the change of the car? That means that we can go farther a lot easier. You don't have to get on a horse. I like that, okay? Or how about the, the, the invention of the airplane? The airplane means that we can go a lot farther, a lot faster. Or this, the computer. It gives you all sorts of information, uh, and it doesn't make us any wiser, but it gives us a lot of information. Or how about that little thing we hold in our hand called a cell phone that directs our lives in so many ways. It really is a supercomputer that's, that's jammed in that little thing called a cell phone. But I I think we could all argue about these things, whether they have brought good change or bad change. But what I want to talk to you about today is Jesus Christ and him resurrected, and that absolutely has brought good change. And so we're going to be looking in John, the 20th chapter. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get there. If you have your device, you can go ahead and move in that direction. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get one for you. I want to tell you about John, though. John was written by the disciple of Jesus named John. He was, he was a close associate of Jesus. And the Bible, I believe, is inspired by God, and it is completely inerrant, and God has preserved it for the way that he wants us to have it. But I also believe that it reflects the, the personality of the vessel that God used, in this case, the guy named John. Now, we're going to read this passage, and what you're going to see is that John refers himself as the other disciple, but he often tacks something else on there. So, so as we jump in here, as I read this, it's all right to laugh when you realize what John is saying in, in this. So this is John, the 20th chapter, starting in verse 1. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now listen to what he says there. The other disciple who Jesus loved. 
He's saying, I'm Jesus' favorite here, okay? That, that, that's what he's actually saying. And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple, that's John, outrun, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Not only am I Jesus' favorite, but I'm the fastest disciple out there. And then it says he bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. He, he, he had some manners about him, but listen to what he says about Peter. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, went straight into the tomb. He, he, he had no manners. He saw the strips lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first, he just had to get that in there who reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw and believed. I would ask you today, what's it going to take to get you to see and believe? What it's going to take to, to, to help you have your eyes open so that you understand that this changes everything. My sermon in a sentence today is pretty simple. It is an encounter with the resurrected Christ will change your life in eternity. An encounter with the resurrected Christ will, will change your life in eternity. What we're going to see today is we're going to see three characters. And these three characters are all struggling with something in their life. But then what we're going to see is the resurrected Christ and what he does. You're going to see Jesus is a bondage releaser. He breaks bondage. We're going to see Jesus is a person that changes behavior in people. And we're going to see Jesus is the man that removes doubts from us. And so we're going to jump into this and we're going to look, first of all, at a lady named Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene was a quite an interesting lady. You go to Mark 16 and verse 9, and this is what it says in Mark 16, 9, that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. Those demons were keeping her from moving closer to Jesus. And so what I would call this is crippling bondage. She has crippling bondage. Now, let me explain to you bondage. Bondage is anything that keeps us from moving closer to Jesus. It's anything that keeps us from following Jesus. It, it could be anything that restricts us, that trips us, that slows us, that discourages us, that distracts us, but it's whatever grasps us and doesn't, it just won't let us move closer to Jesus. She had seven demons. They're not identified, they're not named, but they were crippling her and keeping her from following Jesus and moving closer. But I tell you what happens is that Jesus, the bondage breaker, shows up in her life. And out of gratitude, what happens in Mary's life? She follows Jesus all the way to the cross and to the tomb. What about our bondage? You're saying, well, I don't have any demons. But when we start talking about bondage, can I tell you what a lot of people begin to think about? Well, you're talking about addictions, aren't you? You're talking about drugs. You're talking about alcohol. You're talking about pornography. But let me throw a few more out there. Some bondage that we might have. Sometimes this is a bondage that we all deal with, the, the bondage of trying to please people. Boy. That's kept me from following Jesus the way I should sometimes. Or how about the bondage that says that, that, that I get my self-worth from the things that I own, not from Jesus and his love for me. Boy, that, that'll, that'll keep you from following Jesus. This is, this is my own personal demon, okay? I talked about it before. I am a worrier, okay? And when you begin to worry, can I tell you what? You begin to focus on the problem, and that will, that will be a bondage that keeps you from following Jesus. 
Elaine did a great job at communion. She, she talked about a whole list of, uh, of things that can bind us. It could be lying. It could be stealing. It, it could be lust. It could be envy. It could be jealousy. It could be any number of things. But, but that idea uh, of bondage is one that I think we all struggle with at times. And for Mary, Jesus was a bondage breaker. I wonder what she was thinking on Saturday night or all day Saturday, really. Jesus was dead and in the tomb. Maybe she's hearing those voices in her head. We're coming back. We're coming back. Those demons that had been there uh, said, Jesus is dead now. We'll, We'll be back. And it was on Sunday morning she had gone back to the tomb to prepare the body of Jesus some more. And she gets to the tomb, and the, the stone is rolled away. She sticks her head in there, and the angels are sitting there. And one of the counts says, the angel said to her, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you in the cemetery looking for somebody that's alive? And it says she turned. I mean, the tears were clouding her eyes. She was overwhelmed with grief, and she turned, and she sees somebody there, and, and she thinks that it's the gardener, and he says, if you've, taken, if you've taken my Lord, will you bring his body back? And at that moment, Jesus says to her one word, her name, Mary. And she knew who it was. And what she knew at that moment is the bondage had been broken for all time. She knew that the penalty for her bondage had been paid for on the cross, but Jesus had risen from the dead so that it wouldn't be there anymore. Mary's bondage was forgiven. Mary's bondage was broken. Now, can I just say, if you're here today and bondage is your issue, you're at the right place because Jesus still breaks bondage today. Let's go to the second person I want to see. His name is Peter. You, you've heard a lot about Peter, and, and we see him come to the, ex, to the empty tomb. And what I want you to understand about Peter, this is what Peter's problem was. He had a behavior issue. He would often say things and do just the opposite. And, and so he would have what I would call contradicting behavior. And what happens in Peter's life is he comes to Jesus. Now, Jesus was a bondage breaker, but Jesus was also a behavior changer. And and, and Peter just had this contradicting behavior. It contradicted what he said. It, It happened a lot of times. Peter had this problem. He would often open his mouth, and then he would insert his foot. It was so bad, it was so bad, his behavior that contradicted, contradicted what he said, that one time Jesus even called him Satan. That, that, that's pretty bad. And so he has this behavior issue. And in fact, on the night before the crucifixion, this is what Jesus tells his disciples. Jesus tells his disciples, guess what, guys? You all are going to take off running. You, you all are going to desert me. And then this is what, what Jesus says. There's this verse in Zechariah, the third chapter. This is the prophet Zechariah. And the prophet Zechariah even says that you're going to desert me. And then this is what Peter says. I will never desert you. Jesus looks at Peter and says, guess what, Peter? Tonight, before the the, the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And, And this is what Peter says, even if I have to die, I will never, I will never. If you know the story, you know what happens next. Peter leaves that place. They arrest Jesus. Peter follows behind. And, 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 and when somebody asks him, 
didn't you know Jesus? Weren't you one of us go say, no, you're thinking of somebody else, buddy. And, and then a, another person asked, weren't you with Jesus? Didn't you hang out with him? He says, no, nah, you got the wrong guy. The third time, he, he's in the courtyard where, where Jesus is, across the courtyard, and, and, and he's asking, don't you know Jesus? And he says, I absolutely don't know Jesus. And then he has this long list of expletives. I mean, he is cussing like a sailor just to, to distance himself. And at that minute, it says that the rooster crowed. And it also says that Jesus looked right at Peter. Can you imagine Saturday for Peter? He's thinking, boy, I should have stood stronger yesterday. I, I, I should have kept my mouth shut. And, and, and he's probably thinking about the last words of his that Jesus heard. I never knew him. And then that long list of expletives. Boy. But let me tell you what. Peter meets the resurrected Jesus. And can I tell you what Jesus never talks about with Peter? He never talked about, hey, you really messed up on that night. No, he doesn't talk about that. What he talks about to Peter is this. He says, I I've got something for you, Peter. I want you to feed my sheep. I, I want you to go on my behalf to other people. And you see what he does? He's forgiven him. The penalty of, uh, of Peter denying him was taken care of on the cross because that's where Peter should have been, but he didn't die there. Jesus did. But then Jesus rose from the dead, and he gave Peter a new life, a new direction. And you know what Peter's, happens in Peter's life? His behavior changes. It isn't because of the rules. It isn't because he's gotten better at it. His behavior changes for one simple reason. It changes because Jesus was there. And gave him a new heart and a new purpose. He lives out of gratitude, not because of the rules. Jesus is a bondage breaker. Jesus is a behavior changer. And if you're here today, I'm just saying, and you got a behavior problem like me. I think we're probably at 100% with behavior problems today. You need Jesus. Because he changes our behavior. There's one more guy, and we didn't read about him yet, but his name is Thomas. You'll remember the term doubting Thomas. Have you ever heard that before? Well, he's a doubting Thomas. This is the guy where it comes from. Thomas wanted to believe Jesus, and he wanted to believe he was still alive, but he just couldn't do it. And so this is what, what I would say is he has a doubting belief. He has a doubting belief. And what's going to happen for the doubting Thomas here is that Jesus, the doubt remover, is going to show up. Jesus, the doubt remover, is going to show up. I, I want you to see, this is, what, this is what Thomas is thinking here. Thomas is thinking, I want to believe that Jesus is still alive, but I just can't. I watched him die. I saw the exhaustion. I saw the beating. I saw the, the, the wounds. I saw the blood loss. There is no way that he could be alive. I saw them carry his lifeless body and put it in a tomb. I can't believe that he would be alive. Jesus, after he was resurrected, came and met with the disciples. But guess who wasn't there? Thomas. And the disciples, after Jesus had met with them, when they ran into Thomas, they said, you're not going to believe who we saw. 
we saw Jesus. And this is what he says, I will never believe unless I can put my, my finger in the nail prints in his hand, in my hand in his side. I will never believe because it just doesn't make any sense. Huh. A week later, it says the disciples were meeting in a locked room. They were doing that because they were scared for their lives. I mean, they were scared for their lives. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks in. Okay, he goes through the wall. The first thing Jesus says, he's funny. I got to tell you, Jesus, he says, peace be with you. You needed to hear that after he just walked through the wall, don't you? Okay, he says, peace be with you. And then he turns to, to, to Thomas and he says, Thomas, put your fingers there. Put your hands in my side. And you know what Thomas does? He, he just simply says this, my Lord and my God. You see, Thomas went from being a doubter to being a believer. Thomas went from being a skeptic to being a worshiper. Why? He says, well, I'll never believe. I'll never believe. And what did Jesus do? He answered him. This is what I believe. If you and I will just confess our doubts, Jesus will show up and help us. I don't know about y'all, but I, I have doubts. I, I need Jesus, the, the doubt remover in my life. I, I'll just be honest with you. It's been a long week this week. It's been a rougher week. And, and you know what? Uh, there, there have been some things going through my mind, some doubts, and God has shown up in, in a pretty neat way. I have a lady down in Tallahassee, Florida. She's about 80 years old, and, and we've been prayer partners for over 20 years. And uh, this week, I, I get this in the mail. This is, this is a card. This is hand-painted. She's an artist. But what it contained was a letter from Judy. Well, really, I'll just tell you it was from Jesus. Because what she had been praying for me, what she had been asking God to do in my life, was exactly what I needed. In the midst of doubts, God showed up in a huge way. Jesus is the bondage breaker. Jesus is the behavior changer, and Jesus is the doubt remover. There's a, there's a story in, in Mark, the ninth chapter, and it's about a man and this man had a son that needed healing. He takes him to Jesus, and, and Jesus, Jesus says, uh, Jesus says uh, I, I'll be glad to help him, but it means you're going to have to believe. And he says, well, will you, Jesus, will you help me with my unbelief? Jesus, will you help me with my unbelief? I like that prayer. It's one line. And you'll see it right there on your, on your notes in here. And what I'd like for you to do is just to, to go to your notes and so, where it says, Jesus, help me with my Write down what it is. Jesus, help me with my bondage, if that's your issue. Jesus, Jesus, I need help because my behavior isn't all the ways the best. And Jesus, right now, I, I need some help because there's some doubts in my mind. I'm struggling, Jesus. And you know what? I found that when I take it to Jesus in that way, he did exactly what he did for that man. He took care of that man's faith. He took care of that man's faith, and what did he do? He healed his son. This changes everything. The resurrected Jesus changes everything. He, he breaks the bondage. He changes the behavior. He, 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 he removes the doubt, and he restores the hope. When I look at this story, I see three people that were hopeless because their Lord and Savior had died. 
but I see three people that lives are changed forever because Jesus is risen from the grave. And the same Jesus that was there for them is here for us today. He wants to break bondage. He wants to change behavior. And he wants to, he, he wants to remove the doubt. He wants to restore all hope. He's here for all of us. Would you pray? While your heads are bowed, I want you to do this for me today. It's just simply to answer this question. And, and, and the question is, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? Jesus, what are you saying to me today? Maybe he's spoken to you about your behavior or your bondage or, or, or maybe even your doubts. And the fact that he has spoken to you, just listen for his name. He, he might call it out just like he did for Mary. But this is what I know is he wants to change that behavior. He wants to remove that doubt. He wants to break that bondage. He wants to restore all hope. So right now, I don't know what that is in your life, but I'm just going to ask you just, just to lay it out before him. Say, Lord, help me. Help me. I'm losing hope. I'm in bondage. I, I, I'm struggling with my behavior. It's not very becoming of you. Lord, I, 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 I have doubts. Lay it out there. And as we wrap up here in just a second, as we sing, if you need prayer, we'll be up front. Maybe your doubts are, are, are because of uh, finances or because of relationship issues or because of health concerns. I just tell you, we want to help you with that. Maybe, maybe there's some behavior you just need to have. Hey, I, I need to have this dealt with in my life and I need your help. Maybe it's the bondage that's just tripping you up, trying to move closer to Jesus. Well, Father, right now, we just ask you to speak to us that we can move closer to you. We ask that you speak to us so that we can hear your voice call our names. We ask that you work in us, Father, to break the bondage, to correct the behavior, to remove the doubt, and to restore all hope. Help us, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at